description. I know, it's a weird question, but for real. When's the last time you read your job description? Anytime soon, maybe? Maybe you are looking for a new job. You're looking through some job listings, and you click the read more, and you read through a job description. Maybe you're frustrated at work, and you're like, I cannot believe they're asking me to do this. I'm going to go check my job description. (laughs) Maybe, maybe... Your company has restructured, like many have done, and they are reallocating responsibilities, and so you had to sign a new job description. Or it could be that your job is to edit, write, and be the holder of all job descriptions. We love those people. We love those people, especially today, because we're going to need their help. I want you to think about a job description and what you would typically find on it. In just a moment, I'm gonna need your help. I'm gonna need you to shout some things out at me. So be thinking about what you normally would see or read on a job description. Typically, there are three sections. Typically, there are three sections. General requirements, kind of an overview of everything you're gonna need to do. Typically, there's a training and education piece, some kind of training requirement, something that you need to have to make yourself successful. And then there's always the other requirements. And this is where all the strange stuff is. So be thinking. Now, I know there are lots of job descriptions for lots of different things. There are descriptions for volunteers, for board members. There are unwritten job descriptions for things like Stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home dads. There are all kinds of descriptions in the world. But for our purposes today, I want to think about the ones written. And those three areas, general, training, and other. And so tell me, what are some words that you would expect to see? Able to speak English. Miscellaneous. That's a great one. That's an other, right? Responsibilities, blah. Yeah, that's a good one. Travel, that's a good one. Time management. Uh, what is it? Ooh, relocation. That's a good one. Maintain. Responsible. Lots of verbs. There are always verbs on a job description. Let's put them together. What are some phrases you might see? I always like the ones that are like, you need to plan, implement, supervise, and evaluate our current and new programs. You've ever seen that? Give me some other ones. Grow the business. Able to work weekends. Problem solver. Continuous improvement. Okay, what don't you see? Must sit in a corner alone. <laughs> what? 70 hours a week. That, yeah, you don't see that, but maybe it happens. Yeah, you never see stuff like must be able to look around and just sit around and not do anything till we tell you to do it. You never see stuff like that. It's always be a self-starter, be a motivator, be self-initiative, 
take all that time, good time management. It's always a bunch of verbs, always a bunch of active things that you can do and that you can see. I always think, though, that there's some random, weird, and strange things. And y'all didn't mention any of them. Have you ever seen anything that says, must be able to carry 50 pounds up 20 flights of stairs and do the hokey pokey? <laughs> like that's, they always have some random weird thing on job descriptions. So back in the day, a long, long time ago, years and years ago, back in the day, right out of, not right out of high school, but a little bit out of high school, I was working at an educational nonprofit. And I was the receptionist. I was kind of their secretary, and I loved it. And they allowed me to work around my college school schedule. So I would go in when I could, and I began to really love this job. And I wanted to spend more time at this job. And so I began to stay longer hours and take fewer classes. And as a result, I began to take on more responsibilities. It was an educational nonprofit. They gave out grant money to teachers. What wasn't to love about that? So I became very passionate about that mission. And so one day it occurred to me that our very small nonprofit of just the three of us, we really needed to grow. It was time to add a fourth staff member. So I got my mind together, I collected myself, and I went to the executive director and I said, okay, listen, it's time that we grow the nonprofit. It's time that we continue to improve. And the way to do this is by adding a fourth staff member. And the title of that position should be grants manager. And the person that you should hire to do it is me. She kind of looked at me. She's like, okay, tell me more. And so I began to tell her more about how much this was needed and how extra responsibilities I've been taking on. And so if we could, then we should and this and that. And finally, she said, this is a great idea. Have you thought about a job description for that position? And I was like, well, no. She said, I want you to go and write a job description and come back to me with it. I said, I'll be back in five minutes. Well, if you've ever tried to write a job description, you know it takes a little longer than five minutes. It is really hard to write a job description on a blank piece of paper for a job that does not exist. And that's probably why Jesus had to get on a mountain to get everybody's attention to talk to the crowd about a job that didn't exist until the day he said it did. The job description is in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now I know that this passage is actually called the Beatitudes. And in the Beatitudes, you may have noticed there are not a lot of words like implement and coordinate and supervise and train and continue to improve. No, in this list of descriptions, there's just pretty much one word over and over again. And the word is even in past tense, which if anyone knows about job descriptions, they never write them in the past tense. It's always in the present tense. So we have this word that keeps coming up over and over again. Blessed. Blessed are those who. Blessed are those that. Blessed are those with. Blessed. Blessed. So it got me thinking, what does this even mean? As I kept reading it this week, I kept thinking about this must be great social media content. And so guess what I did? I looked up the word blessed on social media. In particular, hashtag blessed. If you have ever done that, you know that you should not look at these pictures unless you're ready to be jealous. Because all the pictures that I saw on hashtag blessed were of beaches, bodies, and booze, not meek, hungry, and poor. I'm not giving judgment. I'm saying the blessings of social media are very different than the blessings in Scripture. Blessed is kind of my brother's tagline. He says it all the time. Blessed. Blessings. Anytime I call him, he answers the phone. Blessings. Anytime we get off the phone, he'll say, be blessed, Marion. And somewhere in the middle, it's always, I'm blessed. I'm just so blessed. And sometimes I find great comfort in it. And then other times I think it's funny and I laugh at him. And then other times it's really annoying. It might just be me though. Maybe it's just my brother. My sibling kind of annoys me. I'm sure yours doesn't ever, right? No, it's just mine. Yes? Oh, I heard a yes. It happens. The blessings, these beatitudes, they're a part of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you are the kind that loves to dig a little deeper in Scripture, a little bit of exegetical work, then this moment is for you. The Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, we find it in the Gospel of Matthew. And we know that the Gospel writer of Matthew loved Moses. So much so that he wants to portray Jesus as the new Moses. And he does that through his writings, starting with the Sermon on the Mount. We know that the Gospel writer of Matthew has five different sections of his book. 
five sections of Matthew which mimic the five books of Moses or the five books of the Old Testament, the Torah, the Pentateuch. So we know that Matthew is writing his sermon, his on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount, his gospel as a parallel to the gospel and the books found in the Old Testament. Another thing that we know, the similarities are the way that Jesus and Moses both had to flee when they were born, when they were young. In a dream, Joseph, the father of Jesus, learns that there is a horrible decree out to kill the firstborn. And so Mary, the mother, scoops up her baby, wraps him in cloth, and they flee Herod. And they flee to Egypt. And here we have Moses, who too, the way it's written had a horrible decree from another tyrannical leader of the day. His mother scooped him up, put him in claws, and floated him in the river in Egypt. Another thing we know is that the Gospel of Luke and Mark, they have their own versions of the Sermon on the Mount. They have their own versions of the Beatitudes. And why is it funny? Because Luke is very clear to say, Jesus preached that on the ground that was flat. Matthew's very clear, the land was not flat. Jesus was on a mountain. Same way that Moses was on a mountain. Moses was on the mountain to give the Ten Commandments, to teach the people how to live in the ways of God. Now we have Jesus on a mountain to teach the followers of Christ how to live. And at the time, there's this whole idea that the closer you are up, the holier it is. And so we have Jesus on a mountain telling us, describing to us how to live a life in Christ. And the thing about this teaching or this sermon, it wasn't written for one specific group of people. This actually is a collection of teachings. It's kind of a collaboration of a bunch of things Jesus said that Matthew put together. And so much like a job description, these Beatitudes are not written for one specific person. They're actually written in a way that is a collection of responsibilities for anyone who decides to take on this role. And the Beatitudes are not these exhortations. They are not commandments. They're not ways to be. These blessings are something we should strive for. And guess what? They're separated into three sections. Can you guess them? The general requirements, the training requirements, and other requirements. As a general rule, the Beatitudes can be separated into three requirements, general, training, and other. And the general requirement is this. Show humility. So you may be a peacemaker. So your heart is open to receive others. It's the general requirement of this job to show humility so you're a peacemaker and your heart is open to others. The training requirement is to learn not to be cynical. 
No matter what the world says or the church says, do not become cynical of religious leaders or political leaders. And then the all other things, <laughs> carry the burden of your neighbor. Carry the burden of your neighbor. So what Jesus is really saying is you are not a victim of the world. The world may bring you trials and tribulations. The world may bring you heartache and hardships, but you are not a victim to it. Your political leaders, your religious leaders of the day, they will put labels on you, but that is not your identity. You are something much higher of value and virtue. Now, as an aside, I will say, if you are experiencing abuse or harassment or exploitation, you need to contact a professional, contact the church. We will put you with a professional so that you can claim a healthy and safe place in the identity of Christ. But what these Beatitudes are saying is that you are a victim of the world no longer. You strive for something bigger and better and holy. So maybe the next time somebody answers the phone or ends the conversation with blessed, we'll know it's a charge to strive for something more. So that day when I got to write my own job description, it was wonderful. Oh, I'm sorry, a job description. <laughs> it was wonderful. I had this blank piece of paper and I wrote a job description for the title of grants manager and it was fantastic. There was not one word wasted. Every single word had intention. Every single word was important. I had the whole job mapped out. I could even look a little bit beyond myself and think, okay, this is exactly what this position should be doing. I may not have the time to do it right now, but I know what should be doing. So I wrote it in there. I knew the parts of the job that I thought were fun and that I liked, so I wrote that in there too. I even took the liberty to talk about where the funding would come from because I wanted to make sure I also wrote in the salary. <laughs> I did a great job. So I went in and I gave the director this job description. I said, here you go. She looked at it and she said, you know what? This looks great. We have to post this job, Mary, and you know we have to post this job. It's one of our requirements as our nonprofit. We post all positions. So since you're the secretary, why don't you go ahead and call the proper people and post this job for us? So I did. And after it posted, she said, well, I want to make sure you apply for this job, right? And I said, duh. I should have, or I wanted to write in the little line when I posted it, all people need not apply. <laughs> this was my job, duh. So I applied. They scheduled an interview with me. I went in and I was awesome in that interview because I knew all the answers to all their questions. I even provided them a little extra tidbit just in case. I wanted to seal the deal. And then the lady, this executive director, 
She did exactly what she did with all other candidates. She put the job description on the, t- piece of, on the table and she slid it over. And she did. She slid it right over to me. So I took it. And I began to look at it. I'm like, yep, this looks about right. Nothing was changed except for one part. There was one thing that was added and it was added in bold letters. Made it worse. Under the training requirement, it says college degree. And there it was. The one thing I didn't want to do. Now, I'm not saying that a college degree is for all people or that it solves everybody's problems. It does not, and I know that. But for me, it was the one thing deep down inside I didn't want to do because it led to being the one thing that God wanted me to be. There's always one thing. There's always that one thing deep down inside all of us that we know we need to do so that we can be the person God asks us to be. And it's only when we do that one thing that we know what it means to be blessed. So, blessed are those who Blessed are those that. Blessed are those with. Blessed are those. You can fill in the rest. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord. We are constantly seeking out your virtue and your value and your direction for us all the time. And so this next week, put us in places so that we may be a peacemaker. Put us in places that no matter a weird, intense situation, we can be the ones to bring people together. Help us to be the ones that rejoice in small victories so that everyone knows they are not alone. And give us wisdom to know the difference between words of the world and words of the divine. Lord, may we remember, like the song says, hallelujah, let us be the people who remember so that our lives can reflect a blessing so that others can have justice and love and kindness and humility. And give to us wisdom so that we can help those in different situations. Give us the right words. Give us the right responsibility. Give us the right direction. And Lord, more than anything, may we remember who you've called us to be and the fears, and the worries, and the distractions from it, may they fade so that we can all see very clearly the one thing you're asking us to do, the one thing you're asking us to be, and the one thing that we can do. Help us to listen 
so that we're quick not to give an answer, but rather to give compassion. Lord, we know that there are many people this week who are preparing for surgeries, for hospital stays, for lots of different reasons. So will you bring them comfort, bring them a friend, and bless all of the doctors who are part of all of it. And bless too, Lord, the many people who are preparing for celebrations and anniversaries and parties this week. There are so many fun announcements happening, and so we pray for those too. And we pray for the many people who are serving as host homes for our youth event. Bless all of the homes and bless all of the food so that every person, every, everything about this next weekend can be a symbol of your kindness and your grace through the hospitality of someone else. And help us to receive these youth as a church so that we may be a place of safety and a place that is healthy so that we may help them be the person and the one thing that they need to be. So Lord, we ask that you take all of this and unite us as Chapel Roswell so that we too can have an identity that is pure in your spirit. We ask all of this in the name of your son, amen. During our last song, I want to just remind you that we really do have our wonderful prayer bracelets. And on our prayer bracelets, there are names of every person who, or every youth who is going to be a part of this next weekend who's registered. And so those bracelets are in our Connection Center. So you can just grab it and you can put it on. There's an instruction sheet here. But we invite you just to wear your bracelet and remember the name of the person on it. Also, we do invite you to give to Chapel Roswell and to the campus of Roswell United Methodist Church and the ways to do that are on the screen. And so when you support Chapel Roswell, you are supporting our youth events. And so we thank you for your generosity and for your commitment and for your prayer. And so now let's stand and let's sing with our amazing band. <laughs> 